first lesson for this second Sunday in Advent is found recorded in the book of Isaiah chapter 40, beginning at the first verse. This is one of the most beautiful Old Testament gospel readings, which we consider to be a beautiful Advent text. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak to the heart of Jerusalem and call out to her. Her warfare really is over. Her guilt is fully paid for. Yes, she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice is calling out, In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. In the wasteland, make a level highway for our God. Every valley will be raised up and every mountain and hill will be made low. The rugged ground will become level and the rough places will become a plain. Then the glory of the Lord will be re revealed and all flesh together will see it. Yes, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice was saying, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass. And all its beauty is like a wild flower in the countryside. Grass withers, flowers fade when the breath of the Lord blows on them. Yes, the people are grass. Grass withers, flowers fade, but the word of our God endures forever. Get up on a high mountain, O Zion, you herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength. O Jerusalem, you herald of good news, lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. Look, God the Lord will come with strength, and his arm is ruling for him. Look, his reward is with him. The result of his work is in front of him. Like a shepherd, he will care for his flock. With his arm, he will gather the lambs. He will lift up, he will lift them up on his lap, and he will gently lead the nursing mothers. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson is found recorded in 2 Peter chapter 3, beginning at the 8th verse. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. For the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow to do what he promised as some consider slowness. Instead, he is patient for your sakes, not wanting anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. On that day, the heavens will pass away with a roar. The elements will be dissolved as they burn with great heat, and the earth and what was done on it will be burnt up. Therefore, since all these things will be destroyed, what kind of people ought you to be? Living in holiness and godliness as you look forward to and hasten the coming of the day of God. That day will cause the heavens to be set on fire and destroyed, and the elements will melt as they burn with great heat. But according to his promise, we look forward to a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, dear friends, as you look forward to these things, make every effort to be found in peace 
spotless and blameless in his sight. This is the word of the Lord. We read from the Gospel of Mark chapter 1 beginning at verse 1. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is how it is written in the prophet Isaiah. Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare the way for you. A voice of one calling out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River as they confess their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. He preached, one more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the Gospel. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is from 2 Peter chapter 3 beginning at verse 8. I once again read this entire section. Please take it to heart. Do not forget this one thing, dear friends, for the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow to do what he promised, as some consider slowness. Instead, he has patience for your sakes, not wanting anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. On that day, the heavens will pass away with a roar, the elements will be destroyed or dissolved as they burn with great heat, and the earth and what was done on it will be burnt up. Therefore, since all these things will be destroyed, what kind of people ought you to be, living in holiness and godliness, as you look forward at the to and hasten the coming of the day of God? That day will cause the heavens to be set on fire and destroyed, and the elements to melt as they burn with great heat. But according to his promise, we look forward to new heavens, and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, dear friends, as you look forward to these things, make every effort to be found in peace, spotless and blameless in his sight. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, are you one that has to open their presents on Christmas Day because that is the tradition and that is the day you have to do it. It doesn't matter whether the kids throw a fit or not. We're going to open those gifts on Christmas morning. Or are you like me? Christmas Eve is good. In fact, I do it before Christmas Eve. I open presents right now. This idea of waiting to open presents until then just always has driven me crazy. But my wife would make sure that on Christmas Eve, and I could, we could budge on that one, but on Christmas Eve, that is when we can open the presents. And don't you dare go under that tree shaking them. 
I appreciate very much that the Lord unwraps a beautiful present for us in these gorgeous words from St. Peter, who's writing through inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He unwraps for us and at least enough for us to take a peek in what's going to happen on Judgment Day. He doesn't tell us everything. And certainly he doesn't tell us on what day this is going to happen. Those are things that the Lord in his infinite wisdom has chosen not to reveal. And trusting in his holy will that he truly does know what he's doing, I am thankful of what he does reveal to us. And it is a gift to know what's going to happen at the end. Now these words were written by St. Peter, and you could consider them his last will and testament. As a faithful preacher of the word, he is going to send in this letter a beautiful message to the people to keep the faith, and in so doing, watch out for false prophets, and especially watch out for those who like to mock the word of the Lord. You see, at the time, Peter was dealing with a was dealing with rumors going around, or this idea going around that, by the way, Jesus hasn't come yet, so how do you know he's coming? In fact, can you really trust his word? And if you can't trust his word in Jesus keeping his promise concerning coming on the last day, then can you really trust any of his promises? And what about the promise that he paid for the sins of the world? So the very name of Jesus was under attack. And so Peter replies, do not forget this one thing. He doesn't just simply say, oh, know this. Do not forget it. And what is the one thing you dare never forget? That for God, for the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. Now, a day is 24 hours for us. And that does not mean that for us, a day is like a thousand years, or a thousand years is like a day. This is not a proof passage for the idea of evolution and going back to Genesis 1, when God made each of the different things, for, or each of the different items, for the days of creation. And therefore, we consider that one day to really be, be millions and billions of years. No, to us, a day is a day. But for the Lord, a day is like a thousand years because he's eternal. And so what we would consider to be a long time, for God, it's just a short moment. But what's even more important that you dare not forget is along with the fact that God is eternal, he is also patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance and all to come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved. God could bring an end to everything right now, but he won't take a chance of wasting even one precious soul. He's given us this time to prepare for the life to come. And the only way to be prepared is with that believing heart in Jesus, confessing our faith in him, as we also confess our sins and our need for him who paid for the sins of the world. My dear friends, 
look to God's patience. He's giving you a time of grace, purely out of undeserved love. And even though we know that God warns that the times before the very end, the last day itself, is going to get worse and worse as people become more ungodly, consider the fact that he hasn't brought the end yet because he's still a gracious God wanting all to be saved and giving that time needed for people to come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved. But that does not mean that even though God is very patient, that his patience continues forever. His patience will run out. Do not try the patience of God. Do not abuse the patience of God. Not one bit. Because when the end comes, it will come like a thief. It will come suddenly. It will come unexpectedly. And when it comes that very last day, the Lord Jesus will come with the holy angels. And remember, he will gather all souls to be judged. And he will take them up off this planet. And what will happen to this planet? What will happen to the entire universe? He says, all of it, the very heavens itself, will disappear and dissolve. Like with a roar. That day will not be silent night, but it will be a holy night. In fact, we don't even know if it will be at night. It could be at any time. But it will not be like he came the first time, because he will come on the last day as the king of glory. The earth itself will be burnt up, and the very elements that hold this earth together, the very elements that you could say is the foundation of creation will all be destroyed by fire in intense heat. It will be global warming like no other. Yes, global warming isn't going to come by the hand of man. Global warming comes by the hand of the Almighty on the last day. Do not try God's patience, my friends. Not only do we look forward to that last day, but God may take any of us at any moment, even before that last day. But remember, when he takes us up, he will join our bodies and souls and glorify them and prepare them for everlasting life. One day we too will join enjoy eternity in heaven. But until then, we are thankful. We are thankful to live for the Lord and do not live for the Lord trying his patience. Someone's phone? So, we will not try his patience uh, and especially try his patience with excuses. I'm going to school. I, I'm just so busy right now. I, I, I gotta work hard in my studies. 
I don't have time for all this reading the Bible stuff or, or even saying my prayers and, and let alone join fellow believers in worshiping the Lord. I, I need to be working. How am I going to pay for those, those school bills? God certainly wants me to be responsible, doesn't he? I just don't have time for that. I'll do it later. Yes, when I finally graduate, then I can finally take more time for the Lord. Or, or, or once I get that job, yeah, when I get that job, then I'll take more time for the Lord. Then I'll put more emphasis on the Lord. Once I got that job and, and I could pay a lot of my debt and, and pay off that schooling and, 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 and be able to make that car payment. Yes, when I finally got that good job that's going to be the, 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 the perfect the perfect job to pay all the bills and then I can sit back and I'll finally be able to devote myself to the Lord. Or, or, or once I get married, yes, then I'll have that time. Oh, oh then, then I got, and oh, I, I'm with child and, and, and I got a family and, and we got to take care of the family and, and, and maybe once the kids get out of the house, then I'll have the time and I can spend more time on the Lord and, and, I, can, and I can take more serious his, his word and I can volunteer more at church and, and, and so forth. Or no, once I retire, yeah, then I'll have more times on my hands and then I'll have things that I can devote more to the Lord and, 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 and that'll be the time I do it. Or maybe I can finally take the time when I'm on the deathbed itself. Maybe I'll have time then. These are excuses that will never work for the Lord, my dear friends. But they come so easy and spoken by even people who will confess and believe that Jesus is their Lord. But getting away from his word, falling away from even worshiping together with fellow believers, partaking of the Lord's Supper, where we have an opportunity to receive the bread and wine together with the body and blood of Christ, doing this all in remembrance of him, but we become so busy, we don't have time to remember him. And do we really think we're going to remember him later? And we're even willing to make a promise to that? It's not a promise, it's, it's an excuse. An excuse that each and every one of us, including myself, are easily tempted with. St. Peter asks the question, what kind of people ought you to be? Either people are asking this question or he anticipates they're going to ask this question. But no matter what, it is a question that has to be asked. What kind of people ought we to be? Not people who try the patience of God. And along with it, we ought to be people who certainly look for the coming of the Lord as we live now. As you live now with holiness and godliness, holiness deals within. Godliness is what's seen without. He's dealing with both the entire self when he says holiness and godliness. And keep in mind that in the heart of any Christian living is the heart. A holy heart leads to holy actions. The opposite is also true. A sinful heart leads to sinful actions. Therefore, repent of your sins. 
trusting in the forgiveness that Jesus won for you when he lived that perfect life and, and gave that life on the cross for the sins of the world, including each and every one of us and our sins. Holy and godliness that is seen in being in peace, spotless, blameless, how can you know what is blameless and spotless and what's at peace if you don't hold, hold to his holy word and know his holy word? When God says, be holy, we have to look at his word to find out what that holiness is. When he says, be godly, we need to look into his holy word and find out what really pleases the Lord. And then follow that holy word, not motivated by God's threats, but empowered by his promises, and especially the gospel promise that he is your God who has forgiven you, and he is your God who will one day, on the last day, with body and soul glorified, take you to heaven. So live, my friends. Live as citizens, not simply of this world, but live as citizens of the world to come. And what is that world to come? It is a new heavens and a new earth. Now there's all kinds of speculation. Some believe that this entire world and universe and planet will be destroyed and God will make a new one. And then some, like Martin Luther, speculate that God is going to destroy this universe and planet and then take over the leftover pieces and form a new heavens and new earth. But once again, it's all speculation. What do we know for sure? We know for sure that it's new. It's the home of righteousness. There's going to be absolutely no sin. And if there's no sin, there's no fear of death. If there's no fear of death, then all the other things that come with sin and death, sadness and mourning and hurt and pain will be all gone. This is paradise beyond paradise. And that's what awaits us eternally. But until then, live as citizens of heaven, understanding and knowing that on the last day, what will remain since the earth will be destroyed God will remain. His word will remain. Worship will remain. And just think, we have the privilege and honor of gathering together, praying to our God, hearing his word, and doing so together because in heaven we're going to be doing it. Have you ever looked upon worship as really a taste of heaven? And really a practice before we get to heaven and join the heavenly choir singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And we get to enjoy that even now. Thank you God for the privilege of worship. Thank you God for your word and the, and the opportunity that in the light of that word to proclaim your holy name and with believing hearts to pray in that name. But again, until that last day, what kind of people ought you to be? 
You ought to be people who are looking forward to celebrating the birth of our Savior who exchanged the manger for the cross. And it's an empty cross. And you ought to be people who look forward to his coming. Speed his coming. Not in the sense that we can actually get God to hurry up, but speed his coming as we pray for him to come sooner than later. That's the kind of people you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.